0: EM Board Bombs. Now here's Doctors Iltafat, Hussein and Blake Bruce.
1: Welcome back to another EM Board Bombs podcast. We are coming live to you. Technically, it's not live because you're listening to it at a later time, but we think it is. We are coming live to you from Linville Gorge. It's a beautiful setting here. We're actually recording this on a clifftop with a hot fire going. You might be hearing some of the crackles and pops and snaps throughout our podcast. We hope you appreciate those noises. Um, If you want to stay on and listen, at the end of this podcast, we'll simply play the fire crackling sound as some B-roll music. For your listening pleasure, I'm joined here by my colleague, and my comrade in arms, Doctor Blake
0: Briggs. This is a new adventure for Ian Board Bombs. This is this is a new yeah. adventure. We were talking about this earlier, dear listeners. I want you to name another podcast, including wilderness medicine podcasts, who are actively outdoors recording an emergency medicine podcast.
1: Yeah, actively. Actively, actively doing, not, it. not just talking about uh, it. Yeah, but just saying I mean, how it? many miles did we do today? Plenty. Yeah. You guys might remember a prior podcast that we did. Uh, this was based out of the swamps, in Alabama. the swamps in Alabama when we went kayaking there. That was a lot of fun. This is the same trio as before. You know, we've got Joseph here. He's, you know, watching us while we record this podcast, just shaking his head. On the edge of a cliff. On the edge of a cliff. Wondering why we're recording a podcast.
0: On the edge of a cliff.
1: Um, we're at the edge of a cliff um, with the fire going and... Uh, but we said, you know, we give the people what they want. Mm-hmm. And what the people want is a podcast while we're recording out in the wilderness. On the edge of a cliff. On the edge of a cliff. With special mics that we purchased simply for this trip. To provide
0: the best listener experience for our listeners.
1: Yes, because we've tried doing it with uh, AirPods before. It didn't work out so well.
0: Yeah, th- that's a whole different story. Hey, let's dive into the stem so we can uh, go back to enjoy the campfire. We got a big, we got a s'more nachos coming oh, up s'more here. Shows. s'more nachos. are coming up. So let's, let's go into the stem here. This is, this is good. Yes. Hashtag relevant. Uh, so,
1: um, Blake, Ultafat, and Joseph are hiking through a mountain trail. We won't name which one. And they come upon a 18-year-old who appears confused. Their pupils are reactive. their skin is dry despite being outside and they feel their heart rate it's tachycardic and they appear to have a like a flushing sensation. Their friend is panicking because of the confusion that the patient has. You ask, what happened? and the response is that they were eating a plant thinking that it was marijuana (laughs) but it clearly was not. (laughs) Which plant were they tasting? Was it A, Lily of the Valley, B, Red Squill, C, Amanita Philotes, or D, Jimson Weed, also known as Devil Snare. Hey, cue that Harry Potter music. Yeah, that's right. In post. Do it in post.
0: Yeah, let me add, <laughs> that, yeah. in let me add that in later. <laughs> I didn't bring our didn't bring our sound equipment. <laughs> hey, the correct answer here is going to be choice D, Jimson Weed, also known as devil's snare i can't do the hermione voice i still remember her saying that in the first movie Uh, devil's snare hey we all know anticholinergics (laughs) they're substances that antagonize neurotransmitter acetylcholine at the muscarinic receptors how many people you think are at camp talking about muscarinic receptors yeah that's what i'm saying besides med 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 students yeah (laughs) (laughs) it's our elevation right now high enough
1: high enough high enough what's the peak right right now what is this called Table Rock. Table Rock. The Correct. summit of Table Rock. Summit of Table Hey, on Twitter, we're going to throw out some of the pictures that we took
0: while we recording. Absolutely. This. More than 600 compounds with anticholinergic activity have been identified, and there were nearly 14,000 exposures to these substances in one year alone. So, anticholinergics can either be employed for a variety of different medical conditions, so toxicity is pretty common. You're going to see that often, right? We're going to miss it a lot too. Children and adults have similar presentations. And the management's very similar, too. The only difference is that children, the most common reason, obviously, is accidental. Sometimes adults can be purposeful, of course, or polypharmacy. Teenagers and young adults may ingest certain compounds for hallucinogenic properties, such as Jimson weed, or, sadly, suicide. Hey, let's start with the presentation.
1: Sure. Presentation, we kind of threw it out there. Um, The onset of acetylcholinergic toxicity varies depending on the toxin. But usually, you know, it typically begins within one to two hours of oral ingestion. In an overdose, acetylcholine antagonizes the muscarinic receptors. got to know that. I don't know why. Sometimes they still ask that, right? Yeah, I I
0: have nothing else to say on this. I don't enjoy it.
1: Yeah, but muscarinic, just remember. Now, it leads to some classical symptoms. Hyperthermia, tachycardia, flushing, dysrhythmias. From a GI standpoint, you're actually going to have constipation you're going to have decreased saliva and tear production. You can have urinary retention. That's big. That's big. Blurry vision, midriasis, narrow angle glaucoma, and potential vision loss. The skin, it's going to be dry. We gave that example. It's, again, remember, your inhibition of sweating is happening here, right? From a musculoskeletal standpoint, you're going to have diminished muscle contractions. But, there's a bit of an easy way to remember this. I'll tell you what you need to know.
0: What is it? Red as a beet. Boom. Dry as a bone. Blind as a bat. Mad as a hatter. Hot as a hare. And full as a flask. I didn't know that last one. I haven't heard that one before. Yeah. Full as a flask. I didn't either. So this helps to remember the common signs and symptoms of anticholinergic toxicity. So let's let's divide things up here. Adverse effects of anticholinergic can be divided into central and peripheral. And... You can have, of course, a toxicity with both of these, you know, peripheral and central, or just one or the other. Peripheral signs alone are less concerning. These are all the symptoms Iltevat mentioned that are basically just not neurologic. Anything central is CNS, right? CNS symptoms, which would be confusion, disorientation, dysarthria, agitation, hallucinations, delirium, seizures, and even coma. So a whole host of just weird neurologic symptoms. If your patient with suspected anticholinergic poisoning has any neurologic symptoms whatsoever... They have central effects, and this is more severe. Central effects are going to persist longer, and they require longer observation and more aggressive care. And we'll get to that later, what type of care they require. Another thing to note is decreased or absent bowel sounds and tachycardia are the first indications of acute anticholinergic toxicity. You know why that's important? Why? Because a test question would ask you that.
1: There you go. Boom.
0: So say it again. Louder for those down below the mountain.
1: Down below the mountain side, Right. Make sure Remember, to cup your
0: hands and, and yell it to them. The first know.
1: indications <laughs> of acute anticholinergic toxicity. So really the first indications are going to be absent bowel sounds and tachycardia.
0: Great. Good thing we all listen to bowel sounds often, right? So <laughs> in addition, you need to recognize chronic acetylcholin antagonist toxicity. Who are these people going to be, you think? Who's going to be on chronic anticholinergic toxicity, young or old? Old. Uh, no meds or lots of meds? lots of meds. Wow. You're so smart. Patients treated with multiple meds that possess anticholinergic effects, they can present with more elusive symptoms like ultramental status, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. So all <laughs> all your ultramental status, you know, elderly people who are dropped off on Friday afternoon in the ER every week, <sighs> you know, you can groan and say that's a tough situation, but you also need to think way in the back of your head that this isn't just a UTI. You gotta look, you know, look at the mentalist. Gotta be polypharmacy, right? That's big. That's big. So when do you need to consider anticholinergic poisoning? Well, any patient presenting with mental status, physical exam findings, consistent with this type of toxicity, these constellation of symptoms. And the diagnosis, of course, is going to be clinical. There's no serum drug tests, no urine drug screens that are going to help you here, right? Sometimes if you're in the woods hiking, you can see someone ingesting Jimson weed. Probably not. Probably not. So as usual, a general tox workup, you know, you had to do that for these patients, right? You're going to do a lot of stuff. You're going to ask EMS or family members about other home medications, etc. We're not getting into that stuff. And the big key here is that any chemical compound or medical condition that yields a seizure, tachycardia, urinary retention, or altered mental status needs to be included in the differential diagnosis, including infections, right? So you got to think of sympathomimetic toxicity, salicylate overdose, serotonin syndrome, NMS, all cause tachycardia and hyperthermia. But here's the key, only anticholinergic toxicity as the absence of diaphoresis. That's yeah. so
1: big. And that's why I think, you know, a couple of key ways to really remember that is the urinary retention, the dry yes. skin, right? In presence of that tachycardia and
0: hyperthermia. I think you really said that well. The two biggest things that would stand out to anyone is that why is this patient confused and altered? They also haven't peed. Have the nurse will come to you and say, hey, this patient hasn't peed yet, and they have a full bladder on the bladder scan. Yeah. And they're not sweating in their tachycardic in the 140s. Big, big clues here, right? Because the other things are so mixed. Right. You could have any condition that mimics Sepsis and yeah. weird yeah. stuff. sepsis. You know,
1: altered mental <laughs> status. In, admit them. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so let's talk decontamination and get through the yeah. uh, management here.
1: So the majority of this is obviously coming from oral ingestion, right? Um, and a minority from skin and ocular absorption. We're not going to get into that. But again, remember, mainly oral ingestion. Depending on the route and exposure... GI decontamination, considering activated charcoal, although that's been a bit controversial, so you won't get tested on that. But the key thing to remember, at least from a decontamination standpoint, is going to be external decontamination for topical agents.
0: So that's really important to remember. Absolutely. Hey, let's go further than the management here. So what are we going to manage in terms of anticholinergic toxicity? Well, the first thing is going to be ABCs, of course. So stabilizing the airway, breathing, circulation, you're going to monitor these patients with, you know, tele, pulse ox, whatever. Here's the big thing, though. CNS symptoms need to be monitored until they completely resolve. They can take right. a turn for a worse at any time. Like we said earlier, if they have CNS symptoms that central effects, you're observing them. You're going to admit them, So basically. you're telling me this is not a metabolized to freedom? No, this is typically not. <laughs> Sinus tachy is very common, we talked about, right? Right. But it typically resolves on its own. So don't jump and give, like, beta blockers or other rate-altering agents. Don't get, don't get fancy here. Don't get cute here. Don't. So... Prolonged QRS intervals and wide, complex tachyremia can occur at any time. Again, this yeah. is a strange course because of the nature of the drug, right? Sodium bicarb has a role here, and much like TCA overdoses, can improve EKG findings and cardiotoxicity. Another key pearl is to not forget to look at the patient's bladder. We talked about this earlier. But if you're getting reports of the patient having not peed uh, for you for a urine sample because you're worried about UTI and you haven't really thought to yourself, is this is this anticholinergic? Or if ads? you
1: suspect it.
0: Or if you know it already, you need to basically do intermittent versus indwelling catheterization. Yeah. Probably favoring indwelling, really. And that, that's important, right? Because that can cause a whole other host of issues. Yeah. So what, what are you doing for agitation and seizures? That's big here. Let's simplify this. I
1: mean, look, agitation and seizures, you're basically using the drugs you would for a seizure. Right? <laughs> <laughs> like just being straight
0: up. Yeah, so keyboard pearls here.
1: Yeah. Lorazepam. <laughs> <laughs> Boom. Just get it. Done. Done. All right. But some key things you really need to be avoiding are antipsychotics like caliperidol, droperidol, promethazine, metoclopramide, and others. Because why? You're
0: anticholinergic.
1: Boom. There you go. You really want to avoid those in most toxidrome syndromes as well. They're going to be the wrong answer on test questions and clinical practice. Hyperthermia, you're going to be treating that as you treat hyperthermia, evaporative cooling methods. You know, we have another podcast on that as well. We Feel do. free to check that Very out. Very old. Now, in a majority of the cases, majority of the cases, it's going to be supportive care. However, when should you consider pheostigmine?
0: Yeah, so physostigmine should be considered in patients with moderate to severe delirium. And this is fascinating because I know some people listen to this podcast are saying, why would you ever give that? They grew up in a time where that was really a hated drug because there were a couple case reports that came out many years ago that pretty much damned the drug and people said like you should never give this as awful kills people. Well they're doing a big dive now and if you maybe talk to most toxicologists, they're fine with it. Now of course you need to talk to a toxicologist before you give this drug. Sure. But most of them are fine with it for the right indications. It's turned out to be actually very safe. Right. Um, and so is it acetylcholinesterase inhibitor that reversibly inhibits the enzyme acetylcholinesterase. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to make sure we understood that. Great. In both the CNS and peripheral nervous system. So this increases the concentration of acetylcholine at all the muscular neck receptors to overcome this anticholinergic blockade. So phisostegmine has been controversial, but the big problem is you just have to watch for cholinergic toxicity, right? The opposite, because you're giving them the ability to right. have all these... Oh, uh, man. That, that would be exactly. a heck
1: of a swing. I would feel bad for that patient. Yeah, I know. Can, can you imagine yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> You're going through. It it's like, all right, this is that. that cold whoa, whoa, slow down, slow all down. All right, cold back.
0: Yeah. <laughs> all right, get the atropine. <laughs> Seriously. So, anyway, basically there was, there's been two recent retrospective studies and one randomized trial in children, of all people. Yeah. I don't know how they got that approved, suggests that the management of a known or suspected isolated anticholinergic poisoning with physostigmine is safe, basically. In short, talk to your toxicologist or poison control before you want to give this. Right. And, and, and supportive care is going to be the answer most of the time. Absolutely. But yeah. if you have
1: severe symptoms, uh, don't be surprised yeah. if you can use this drug.
0: And, and let's make a point here. We're giving you advice for clinical practice. On the boards, you will never give this. Yeah. They are very big on the boards of still hating this drug. There you go. I I don't see them ever putting you into a corner where you need to give physostigmine for anticholinergic toxicity. So remember that for the boards, don't ever put this as an answer. We're talking about real life here. Right. Why is it especially not the answer here?
1: Because there is one
0: particular indication that they will ask you
1: on the board sometimes. They love asking this. My gosh, I don't know why they love asking this. So, because they want to make your life miserable. Exactly. Because if you give a patient who has a TCA overdose, phisostigmine, what do you do?
0: You flunk the boards. There you go. Basically <laughs> kill the patient. <laughs> Even though in real life it's controversial, you'll flunk the boards. All right, let's talk about dispo and get out of here. We got a uh, s'mores nachos to make. S'mores nachos, you got to tuck into oh the gosh. tent as well. It's yeah. getting chilly out here a little bit. It little is, chilly. it is. So patients with mild anticholinergic toxicity... They can be treated basically with observation, close clinical monitoring. You can give benzos as needed, depending on how agitated they are. And then, you know, of course, the charcoal debate, that's a whole different thing depending yeah, on the we'll time of onset. That. We don't need to get into it. If the symptoms resolve on these patients, you could actually discharge them probably within six to eight hours. Yep. Unfortunately, due to the whole host of polypharmacy and possibly other ingestions, you're actually more likely to admit these people because they probably have other side effects. Patients suffering from severe anticholinergic poisoning... Those need to be likely true to physostigmine in clinical practice on the boards against supportive care, airway management, benzos, 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 and admit them to the ICU. There you go. Done. Um, we're going to post board pictures board. of s'mores on uh, Twitter. Oh that's, that's right. Smore we nachos. Take pictures of that. Marlena's going to, she's going to get mad if you don't take a take pictures of Yeah, tonight. she's going to be mad. She's I also going to be jelly of her s'more nachos. I know, I know. We'll Most, have to bring you know, her out. How many other EM podcasts, record a podcast on a cliff in the wilderness... And have some more nachos. Yeah, while on vacation. We're on vacation right now. Yeah,
1: we're on vacation. We're giving the people what they want. Yeah. This is dedication right here. You know, I think this, you know, we can humbly ask for some more reviews on
0: iTunes. Yeah. Yeah, please. Drop some Apple reviews. Yeah, drop an Apple. We need to get to 300. We're ranked number six now. Oh, that's nice. Let's be ranked number one here next week. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. go.
1: Just send it. Just send it. Do it. Hey, we're going to close on out of this thing. Yeah. You know, we're always going to plug... EM rapid bombs. Absolutely. You can find that at EM You
0: You also go to the main website and find us there. Yeah,
1: go to the main website, find there. We have a trial going on right now where you can try it out for a day, see yeah. if you like it or not before yeah. signing up. We yeah. present really high yield board pearls and life pearls, really. Life pearls. I love seeing how many seasoned attendings have signed up for EM Rapid Bombs. Pretty awesome to see. We appreciate all the support that everyone's given us. With EM Rapid Bombs, again sign up if you please, and visit our website emboardbombs.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook. Combined, we've got over ten thousand followers. It's pretty nice. Let's get to fifty thousand. How long Let's do you it. think that's going to take? Uh, not long at all. Not long at all. We'll get there. We'll get
0: there. We'll see you next time. See you next time. Bye. Awesome. That was great.